Dr. Randall, the Soul Doctor, author of Soul Doctoring, Heal Yourself, Heal the Planet, shares her 40 years of experience as a cross-cultural practitioner, medical futurist, and expert in 20 different modalities of healing, along with amazing interviews with some of the leading minds in medicine and big thinkers in all walks of life. The stories of our lives are the woven energies of our soul's paths. They feed and ignite the spiritual light that nourishes the universal soul, the one mind, the cosmic consciousness where we all come together. This podcast is going to be a deep dive into the personal stories of people who have made significant contributions to the planet. What formed them? What moved them to become these leaders and innovators that inspire us so? Hi, Rena. Hi. It's so exciting to have you on. I mean, how many times did we try to plan this? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's been more than once. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Several times. But we did it. Of course we did it because we are who we are and you are who you are. One of the things that impresses me most about you is your confidence. Aw, thank yeah. you. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking, God, I wish I was that confident. But, um, I mean, I'm confident, but you're, like, off the charts confident. Oh, you're so I, sweet. So I'm going to tell my guests that, you know, Rena sent me a couple of words, groups of words, you know, to explain who she was. And one of the things she sent was something about six degrees of separation between Kevin Bacon and anyone else. And um, I thought I'd have to show up with my high tops, you know, and be ready to go because everybody has a foot loose, right? (laughs) Definitely, definitely. You know, I just, I feel like in today's day and age, really, you can almost reach anyone. Well, that's what I like about you. Then I want to learn from you. I want to sit at, I want to kneel at your, at your feet and learn that. And you can kneel at my, my feet and learn how to be healthy and beautiful. <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> because that's what you told me during my podcast with you. But anyway, Rena, Rena is amazing. Uh, tell us a, a little bit about your podcast, your famous podcast. When did that start and what's the name of it and where do we find it? So it started in August of last year. So I'm almost coming up on a year now, which is crazy. I'm on, I think, 130 something episodes. It started just because I call my dad every day, practically. And I was like, I want to share his wisdom with the world. I felt like that he had a lot to offer. And I also wanted to capture that. Um, I grew up with all four of my grandparents, many of my great-grandparents, and, you know, when I grew up, we weren't capturing as much, and there's so many stories that I was told as a child that I don't have, Mm. and so I wanted to have my dad's stories, I wanted to have my dad's wisdom, and I felt like it was something that I could share with the world, and he's very into legacy, so I'm, I'm creating a legacy with him. Awesome. So is that working or is his stories coming up in response to your podcast? And Yeah, I think it's working. And I think that he's added some sarcasm and wit and <laughs> stories have come out that I didn't actually know about him. So that's been really fun and interesting. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of stories from other people. How many do you do a week? It seems like innumerable. I actually have been trying to take some off of my calendar because I am reached out to almost every day of people wanting to be on. And I had been releasing three a week, but I can't get them out the door quick enough. Yeah. And in order for me to market them, do a good job marketing them, take clients, be a good mom, a good wife, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Well, you do a great job, and I'm always admiring you from the wings. <laughs> so I'm Thank a, a one-a-week person. <laughs> so. That's much more manageable. I. It's funny. I dropped back to two a week, but then 
guests were like, when are they going to air? When are they going to air? Like I had so many and I'm still backed up. And two, my numbers did really drop when I cut back to two a week. Really? So I was like, okay, well, if I can do the three a week, let's try it. You know? You mean your views? What numbers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My listens. Right. You're I, listening. I feel like people get used to a schedule and I was doing right. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. They'll hang with you. You're you're interesting. You're fun. You're clever, and it's fun to watch you. Thank um, you. There isn't much that Rena hasn't done in her professional life. She's scoured the NPR Newswire for stories. She's combed through hundreds of small claims cases. She's worked reality TV shows such as Jerry Springer. How was that working with Jerry Springer? It seems like he's such a pill. Was he nice to you? He was nice to me, and he really only showed up for the show. Uh So, you know, the people that work on the production side, they're booking the stories, they're getting the guests to show up, they're working with the guests behind the scenes. And then they, you know, the producer briefs Jerry five minutes before he gets out on the stage and he does his thing. He had it down to really an art, you know, he did write all of his final thoughts, which was interesting. And I feel like that's the part he got to be his news anchor self, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And also uh she worked on Court TV, Nanny 911. She's worked in radio. She's planned mega events for telecom and finance industries. She secured sponsors and uh emceed. She she booked sensational and hard to get guests such as Howard Schultz, Barbara Corcoran, Ken Coleman, and uh Derek Sivers on Kathy Heller's Don't Keep Your Day Job podcast and boosted the downloads from 4M to nearly 15M. Wow. That's a lot. Are you shooting for that? I mean, she was shooting for that. (laughs) You know, I I don't know if I'm necessarily after fame. Right. I right now am booking guests and stories that interest me. Mm -hmm. And... I'm happy with that. And I feel like it's led to business and it's led to new, interesting people coming into my life. I'm also producing someone else's podcast now, which is really interesting because it's in the healthcare space and I'm learning so many new things every day now producing someone else's show and having a budget to do that. So that's really great. I I would like to do that. I think for more people, I've actually been marketing my show a bit less since I'm marketing someone else's show and since I'm doing in-person shoots. But wow. when you help others do it, then you get better yourself alongside them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I was going to ask you, which clone did you assign that to? But... <laughs> <laughs> I need one. <laughs> <laughs> we all need those. Marina has a God-given talent for connecting people. And that's the thing I admire about her the most and building communities. She bestows her magic on people in the most selfless and genuine way. She gives ideas for how people can achieve the fantastic flow off her head and effortlessly her breath flows into her lungs. She's amazing. She really, truly is. She has a very diverse background and she weaves it all together in multiple markets, as she just told us. And she gets people to open doors that don't open doors for other people. That's what I learned about you the very first time I met you. And um, she gets blurbs from influencers for their best-selling books and even helps them grow communities of their own. That's very cool. One of the most moving stories you told me uh, was when you said when you went to Israel, you danced with other women in a circle and that really moved you and you indicated to me at that time that you'd like to get into more more things like that have you gotten into more there's so few times in your life where you spiritually connect on that kind of level it was in safat and I saw rainbows and I saw art and I joined hands with other women and we were circling and singing and I was out of breath from the excitement of that room. 
Mm -hmm. The only other time I really feel like I have felt that elevated of a state, to be honest, was Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because his program, the way that it's set up and the exercises that you do and the people that are in the room with you, they all want to achieve that. Mm -hmm. I feel like you can only achieve that truthfully when you have people around you that want to achieve that too. Exactly. With, with women or people of like mind for oh, sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, Oh, I wish that the whole world wanted that. Cause that could be transformative. I wish that too. And I, actually that's what I call collective consciousness. I'm trying to get more people to move mm. into that realm of yes. thought. But you know, there are lots of people, including me that have women's groups and we get there all the time. No you know? way. Yeah. Wow. Well, of course, COVID put a dent in it, but now we're starting to meet again and at least monthly. And um, it's it's around our dreams because we believe dreams are one way to get messages from the soul or at least messages from us. And we share those messages and it's it does take, you know, lift your consciousness up there to yeah, what you're I talking about. I just interviewed a guy, my last interview that I just aired, and he has spent 9,000 hours meditating. Wow. He said almost 95% of the time in full lotus, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And he said what has come to him during that has been life-changing. And I was like, wow. Did he share any of that with you? Well, he went from managing 300 to $400 million hedge funds to becoming a counselor, to working with inner city children, to mm -hmm. um, his wife now has rescued 89 dogs, animals. And, you know, she has dreams of couples retreats and changing people's lives and also having farm animals or nature around them and kind of incorporating their loves of things. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. That's very cool. A lot of people are getting more holistic minded and I love that. And, you know, more homesteady, if you want to call it that or whatever, you know, people are growing their own food. They're having animals living in their yard or chickens or whatever. And it's, it does reconnect you with the earth. And I think that's part of what we've lost. COVID has kind of given us a little shove in that direction so that's kind of nice yeah i've i've even been seeing it even on linkedin people uh -huh. talking about their gardens and and starting youtubes about growing food and it, it gets a lot of engagement it gets a lot of interest mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I mean everybody is trying to get healthier yes yeah it pleases me very much <laughs> so I, I was talking about some of this stuff like 25 years ago and when I began to write my book and people would just look at me like, what planet are you from now? <laughs> but it's, it's, it very much pleases me to see people getting into those things. It's all about connection, isn't it? I mean, part of, like you said, the, the connection between the women that you've had in Israel, the connection with the earth, the connection this guy has to the one mind in meditating all the time. You know, we can all be connected. You, you know, you mentioned in your thing the six degrees of separation, right? I have another story that this has just recently happened. So I went on a spiritual women's trip to the Ohel, which is the Rebbe's grave. And people go there to get engaged and they go there if, you know, they need direction with their job. They go there to ask all kinds of life questions. They pray at this rabbi's grave and they write a note on a piece of paper and they mm -hmm. throw it in. And they, yeah, he's that very. Famous rabbi. Where is that? It's it's in New York. It's like in mm -hmm. Brooklyn or something. So mm -hmm. I went on a couple women's trips there. And look, if you're looking for spirituality and you are really tuned in and, and you're going there to elevate your soul, you're going to have some sort of experience, right? I, it's funny. So I went there and I was like in between jobs and I was kind of like, I need some clarity. You know what I mean? Like, should I do entrepreneurship? Should I work for someone else? You know, should I work in this field, that field? And I ended up getting a job like a week after that experience. But I connected with a woman on that trip. And, you know, she was divorced. And 
her children were grown and she kind of wanted to get back into finding someone. And she was like, Rena, you're great at marketing. She's like, if anybody could help me get back into that, it's you. And I was like, okay, well, I never (laughs) thought I was a matchmaker, but I'm willing to help you. And I like you. And so I ended up- So you became a Bashir. (laughs) Exactly. I I ended up helping her find her Basharit. And so recently she's been studying Torah with another woman and the woman who she's studying with son is single. He's actually a 40 year old virgin. He's a Kohen and he's looking for a match. And so I was like, Hey, I was like, you could come onto my podcast. You could tell your story anonymously. You know, I have a huge Jewish listenership. I'm like, you could say what you're looking for, what people do when they find out you're a 40 year old real virgin, you know, set the facts straight and maybe I'll get leads for you and I can be your go-between, you know? And I'm like, (laughs) the universe sent me this guy. Like it's totally happening. So you're going to do that or do you did do that? I'm doing it. And what else was funny is so I have a rabbi in Kentucky that I just got together with yesterday because, you know, Father's Day and they were honoring my dad. And um, I told him about the story. I was like, Hey, do you know any single girls? Cause I'm just constantly letting people know what I'm up to. That is how you be a good connector. You let people know what you're up to. So I was like, Hey, just connected with this, you know, 40 year old virgin. He's a Kohen. He's looking, never been married. He's a financial advisor. He's at 5'11. I'm like giving him the whole rundown. Right. He's like, actually I have a niece. She's 30. She's never been married. She totally could go out with a Kohen. I'm like, there you go. Right. <laughs> it's so crazy. So yeah sent her the pictures. She's like, not bad. So anyway, the rabbi was like, there's a a rabbi called the kosher love rabbi. Like he's called the love rabbi. They did a documentary on him and he's, I think he's had like 75 successful engagements. He was like, you should talk to that rabbi. So what did I do? Connected with that guy, had him on my podcast. I was like, maybe you can assist me with the 40 year old virgin. He's like, I'm going to teach you how to matchmake the way I matchmake. I'm like, I guess I'm a matchmaker now. (laughs) I love it. But that is rolling with the universe. That is being a connector. That is just using everything that comes your way and putting your own magic on it. I love it. I love it. Well, and here's another thing. So since the kids were home, being homeschooled, I have four children. I was, this was something that you mentioned earlier. I was a coach for Kathy Heller's like coaching program, the don't keep your day job. She came up with a coaching program, which taught people how to found what they, find what they were made to do. It's called the made to do this program. And so I, oh, was, I love that. I was helping entrepreneurs find what they were made to do. I was one of her coaches and there was someone in the program who wanted to start a reading and writing tutoring business because as a child, she was bullied and she took solace in books. And I was like, well, wow, I have four kids that are stuck home from COVID and two of them really need to like stay on track with their reading and writing. So I hired her and she worked with my, you know, eight and 10 year old for the last year. And it was great. They made like tremendous progress. And I felt like that was good, like keeping them where they should be in school. And my daughter wrote a book with the tutor. And so yeah, I used you were my- telling me that. What did she write? It's called Scarlet, the Dolphin Who Couldn't Hear Music, I think. I'll have to tell you. I was getting ready to do a post about it. So- I used my cartoonist that drew the cartoons for Better Call Daddy. I supported an early entrepreneur. And like I brought out this creativity in my daughter where she like put together a product and is now marketing it. And she illustrated all the rest of it. And she worked with her tutor and she just hit publish on it yesterday. And it's now today, like number one in new releases. Oh my goodness. Is that crazy? That's so fast. Yes. Well, yesterday for Father's Day, we drove to Kentucky. I dropped off my two middle kids with my parents. And she gets up at my dad's like Father's Day birthday present and was like, hey, I just hit publish and I'm now an author. And so everybody in the room like totally bought a book. (laughs) I was like, see, there's marketing genius right there. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, congratulations to your daughter and you for guiding her. That's even better. It's really sweet. She was so excited. And what else is amazing is 
Anybody can self-publish. Anybody can put themselves out there and get better at something that they want to improve upon. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted to get better at writing and marketing and talking to people and reaching more people. And now that I have a platform to do that, I'm doing it. All right. So what's been your most moving podcast? Besides yours? (laughs) Um. Oh man, that's a great question. The one that just popped into my mind was this kid that I heard telling his story on Clubhouse. He was a soldier at Gitmo and he brought his ukulele with him and was singing to the prisoners, which you're really not supposed to do. But he said that when he played music to the prisoners that it broke down the walls And he started Mm. asking him questions like, why do I hate Muslims? Why do I believe in Christianity? In fact, I want to know more about like my Christian roots. Maybe I want to be Jewish. So he's like a black kid, the son of somebody who was in the Crips in LA. He joined the service. And while he was there, he decided that he wanted to go into theater. And he got into Yale after Gitmo. Oh my goodness. And he ended up playing the ukulele on my show and his voice moved me. Wow. Yeah. I love that story. I'm going to have to go look that up. What, which, which one was that? I called it uh, a star is born. Malachi <laughs> Beasley. I love his voice. It's so soulful. His voice touched my soul. Music does that for me. Music can Music make me does cry. that. Period. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it just, it vibrates your soul. So yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I've, I've had a couple people sing on the show. I had this other lady, this is a crazy story too. I saw that we had a couple connections in common on LinkedIn and I actually knew them. You know, sometimes you have connections in common with people. You don't actually know them. And she was in Louisville, which was like my hometown. So I was like, hmm, let me check her out, you know? And we end up talking and, you know, she wrote for a tech magazine and she was out of work due to COVID. And she told me a little bit about her childhood, but nothing too crazy. And I was like, what's something crazy that's happened in your life? Like, this is all too normal. Right. And she was like, <laughs> well, I did trick a guy into a threesome once to have a baby. I'm like, oh yeah, there's the story. <laughs> and I was like, that's what I want to know. That's what I want to hear about. Yeah. So she was driving like horse and carriage in Louisville, which is a thing. Cause like there's a Kentucky Derby and like horses are big in Kentucky. And she met him. He was a horse and carriage driver and she's, you know, she's a lesbian and she, Uh, was looking to get pregnant and had tried other means, you know, in vitro or IVF or whatever, and that wasn't working. And so, yeah, they tried that. And what Kentucky hillbilly is going to turn that down, right? So he didn't ask to use protection and they roped him in and he went for it and she got pregnant. So I, I interviewed I interviewed her and she had a beautiful voice. She ended up singing to me. She writes music and I interviewed the son that came from that. And he also is a rapper and, you know, I knew the schools that he grew up at and he just had kid number four. So he's a dad now. Um, It's just fascinating story. I loved that. Yeah, I love all of that. He also went to Gitmo too, which was interesting because he had a totally different experience. Like as a kid, he got in a lot of trouble. He had a lot of anger, you know, just because somebody can make a child doesn't mean they want to be a father. So his dad wasn't so much around. So he Mm -hmm. had some anger around that. Anyway, he ended up going to Gitmo and he said, you know, sometimes the prisoners are not very nice to you. And he's like, look, you know, <laughs> when I say good morning, you can either say good morning back, but he was like, you're on that side of the fence. You know, he's like, you can either be nice or you don't have to be nice, but we're not going to be friends. So I thought that that was an interesting uh, counter position to the one who wanted to know the prisoners mm-hmm. a little bit more. He yeah. felt like the wall was there. Yeah, I think that's beautiful, the, the former guy, you know, breaking down the boundaries and connecting, you know. And wanting to know them on a soul level, right? 
or or whatever level you can get them to communicate with you about, you know, what, they've got stories too. Oh, I would be so fascinated by that. I don't know why I'm fascinated by prison life, but I have interviewed a couple people now that have gone to prison and I find that to be really interesting. Actually, a girlfriend of mine that I went to college with has interracial children and she ended up marrying a guy that was part of the Aryan nation in prison. And I was Mm. like, how does it feel now to be getting interviewed by a Jew? (laughs) (laughs) And... He said that in prison, you join gangs for protection and Mm -hmm. that is where he found protection. And that is who, where he fit, but does he necessarily hate Jewish people, hate all, you know, races? He actually said no. Mm -hmm. So that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And now he has, you know, biracial stepchildren yeah, I hope there, that works out. <laughs> yeah, I had a lady on my show recently, and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's still a lot of hate and discrimination in the world. And I guess one of, I guess one of my purposes, I feel, is to help, you know, melt those types of things. And she has been an activist and an artist since she was very young. Her name is Nobuko Miyamoto. And she's now got her music in the Smithsonian. And it's all about connection. And it's all about, you know, her experience in the, in the camp. You know, it wasn't summer camp. <laughs> you know, it was concentration camp. And, you know, she's actually in her 80s. And she's still doing it. She's just, you, you know, you want to go to a ceremony, you should go to one of hers. Because there's this ceremony in the Asians do, the Japanese do, called uh, Obon and they dance in a circle. It's like the Native Americans, you'd like that too. And it's about connection with, with you know, everything, uh, God above and everything, but also connection between people. And I would love she, that. Yeah, and so I've been to many Obones because one of my best friends is, is uh, Japanese and I've seen Nobuko there, you know, and then it turns out she's now created one called... Um, uh, Obone, uh, she's basically combining Obone with, with connecting all peoples, all cultures. And, um, it's really cool. Like the, the Africans, the Indians, the Native Americans, and, and they all dance together in this ceremony that she's created. So she's amazing. She calls herself an artivist. Which is oh, a combination. that's interesting. I had somebody on my show that called themselves an artivist, and I had never heard of that until. Oh, I so that's him. a thing. I didn't know she'd made it up, but that's so. That is a thing, huh? I yeah, I love that. That and is so cool. Yeah, because she is an activist from back in the day, like me. You know, the, the movement. We were in the movement. You know, the whole thing, the civil rights, and all of that, and the war, and all that. And now she's she's doing it with her art with her song and her dance. And she has a company that she started called Great Leap. But it's it's somebody you'd be interested in because of her, what she's done and her, her creations. Check on my Instagram. You should have seen that. I would that. love to go. connect with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love to go on one of these, like with my husband, because I feel like he'd be so into it too. Like he is such a seeker and he connects to all of that. Like, are there couples opportunities like that? Oh, anybody can go. Couples, singles. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so cool. I even like want my kids to get into something like that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's my cool. husband uh, getting ready to drive with my oldest to Colorado. They're going to just go hike up a mountain and sleep in nature together and back nice. together. Yeah. Awesome. So they're going to connect with the stars and nature. <laughs> and leave me with the baby. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to reconnect with your baby. Exactly. So I, I love that. So um, so where do you see this all going for you with the podcast? Have you have you seen your your stats in other countries? 
I just got contacted by someone this past week from Cambodia. And she said that she's been using my podcast to teach her ESL students English. And that listening to my podcast, (laughs) like helps her Miss America and remember what America is like. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's so sweet. I was like, that's amazing. You just never know where it can go. I had no idea. And I got uh, an email from the international podcast people. And they they said, Oh, you're doing quite well in other countries. And then they told me like, I was like number seven in Croatia or something. And, and like way up there in Egypt. It's like, who knew? I mean, like, that's like crazy. But I love it. it? Yeah, Yeah. that's so cool. I think this past week I was like in the top 100 in Norway or something. <laughs> so I, I see, did they send you an email or do you look it up? I got an email. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, are you on chartable? Have you signed up for that? No, I don't know what it is, but I, I'll find out. Yeah. So check out chartable. That's how I find out my mm-hmm. stats and which countries I'm ranking in and all of that. Yeah. It's no, they free. just, they just randomly sent it to me because I was doing well. So they wanted me to know. So that's how I found out. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then too, just when random people reach out to me, like I had a girl reach out to me this past week and she asked me to be some on someone else's show. And I was like, how did you find me? And she said, listen notes or something like that. I've never even heard of that. And she, and she was actually giving me suggestions. She was like, look, your content is really good. She was like, it could be discovered by more people if you did X, Y, and Z with your website. I mean, truthfully, my website is just kind of a landing page. It has a podcast player. I put some of my guests on there. Um, I put some of my endorsements on there. But I feel like between... Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and yeah, there's so many things, but there's so many things to stay on top of. Right. And unless you have a team doing it, I mean, I outsource my editing, but I don't outsource my social. I, I think that there's always room to grow. Like I would like to do a newsletter. I don't, I would like to be more extensive on my website. I'm not yet, but I just started my YouTube channel a couple months ago. My first video Mm. did amazing. And then from there, it's gone down. You know, there's always improvements, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been doing a newsletter. I I just enjoy doing it because I want to educate my people. You know, I want them to get a recipe. I want them to get, you know, something from me personally. And then I want them to get a little clip from my book, you know, so... Yeah. I, I, I don't send it to you. I should send it to you, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. I I don't love the newsletter part. That's why I haven't done it. Like yeah. the parts that I love, I do. The parts that I don't love, I don't do. Yeah. Well, and then get somebody to help you with it. I do need to do that. I've yeah. been saying it for a while and it was the same thing with the YouTube channel. The reason why I started my YouTube channel is because one of my guests, his entire following was there. He's Mm. not on any social. He's only on YouTube. I was like, well, in order for me to capture his audience and for him to watch it, I need to put the video there. And so I did. And it was true by me creating the YouTube channel with that guest. It got 1800 views and it got a hundred comments and they were all his people. So it was Uh worth doing it for that one episode. Mm-hmm. but then my other guests were on other channels and they weren't super active on YouTube and they haven't done as well. But if they are YouTube quality, I'm going to put them there because it just makes you more searchable and mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. You already have the content. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I pull, I put all my Instagram TVs on there, but I, I, I should put my podcasts on there. It's just so easy. Yeah, there's just all different ways, but we're here. <laughs> I heard that Spotify now is creating a, I forgot what it's called, but it's Spotify something. They created a competition to Clubhouse mm. where you can record conversations. Wow. And turn them into podcasts. So that's pretty cool. And then Twitter's got a competition to Clubhouse now, Twitter Spaces. There's so many tools. I'm not on Twitch. I mean, 
How many things can you learn? I was talking about this with my 13-year-old today. He's wanting to get into all of this too. He started a YouTube channel. He's learned how to make thumbnails. He knows how to do all of his own editing. Wow. These are very useful things for the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do my own editing. I mean, I have, I do work with a, an engineer, but, and he's actually one of Pablo Cruz's musicians. That's how we do the music. So it turns out kind of cool. You're quite a networker too. Like you were saying that you admire that about me. You are a networker too. You think? Yes. I, I don't know. I focus a lot on my Instagram. I do some on Facebook, but um, I don't know. Mostly it's Instagram and, you know, my YouTube. I have a YouTube. And and you do lives? That's brave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do lives every week. What do you think of that? Because I don't do lives that much. I think mm -hmm. if you only do it once a week, then people look forward to it and they feel like they get to know you better. Yeah. What have you no, learned from doing it live? I guess because every week, even though I know a lot of stuff, I still have to prepare. Mm. So I become stronger and stronger in my own knowledge of things that, because if you want to, if you're going to present it, like when you're going to teach something, just like uh, you, we referred to this earlier in our talk, you, you really got to know it, you know? So I, I guess that's been the benefit there. I've even revised some of my book chapters based on my Instagram TV shows because I thought, well, I got to update it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting too, because some of the guests that I've had on my show, I interview them and I haven't read their book yet. And then some of the guests that I have, I read their entire book and then interview them. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to compare the difference. Yeah. I like to read some of it at least. So, you know, I can talk about it or have an idea of what they're talking about. Right. What's interesting is if you don't read it, but you check out their social media and you see what they post about, like, you know, kind of what they highlight. But if you do read it, you can get deeper into those examples. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's different when you read it. I've had a couple of guests on recently that I did read their book, and it made a lot of difference in me being able to pull out of them what I wanted to. So when, when's your book coming out? <laughs> Are you going to write yeah, it? it? It's interesting because I, I just read a book in one day over the last week, what was it called? Addicted to Perfect. Mm. And when I was reading that, so much came up for me. And then it made me think about, like, if I were to tell my story, would I be even comfortable, like, sharing, like, she did in that book? I think when people write a book, you have got to be willing to put a lot out there. Mm-hmm. Did you find that in writing yours? Did you get pretty raw? It just flowed out of me. Hmm. Because, you know, I've always been very conscious and planetary minded, and I'm so passionate about it that it wasn't hard at all. I just had to kind of sit down and open up, and it just flowed out onto the paper. That's amazing. Yeah, some of the more scientific parts later on in the book, what I address the planetary ills and what we can do about it and things like that, you know, required some studying and, uh, you know, references and whatnot. But the beginning part is my is my biographical journey and my my spiritual journey. And so that was just flowed out. You lived it, so it's yeah. easy to get that part out. Well, it is, but not everybody can express themselves in words like they felt it. You have to be, and that's, that's an, I think, a crucial part of being a good storyteller is to really be able to connect with it yourself and then put it in a way that leads the person at least this is how I did it, along the journey with you. Express your how you felt. 
how the other person felt, what it looked like, what it smelled like, what, you know, all of those things. And it becomes very intriguing and people dive into it. Do you do that in your social media as well? Do you feel like you're able to do that? Sometimes I do. Yes. Sometimes I do. I feel like my social media is maybe preparing me for either a short TED talk or <laughs> a book, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I'm there yet. It's interesting because I have an editor who I've worked with from the very beginning of this podcast. She believed in it from day one. And after 120 episodes or whatever, she wanted to interview me. She wanted to ask me some deeper questions of things that she's heard off camera that she wanted to go deeper into. And so I let her do that. We were on an interview for close to four or five hours. It was unbelievable. We had such an intense connection. I I really feel like the show would not be the same without her. Was that aired somewhere? So I aired a 45 minute segment of that and it was too much for my family. Like I literally had people from my family say like, you're willing to share that, but we are not and you <laughs> need to take that down. Oh, and so can I you, did. Can you share any of it with us? So yeah, I can share the part about myself. <laughs> she asked me about what's interesting is that people, you know, think I have this confidence and this boldness to me. And I, I have lived a bold life. I have taken chances and risks and gone after my dreams. But I've also second guessed myself and I struggled with eating disorders and I've had suicidal thoughts and she wanted to know when that started. And, um, and we delved deep into that and where it came from. And I was able to pinpoint a lot of it. It's interesting because I just went back home to Kentucky yesterday and when I go home to Kentucky and I'm in my childhood room and see the pictures of me in my junior prom dress when I am thin and fit and I look back though and at that point in my life I was never happy with how I looked like the, it started mm. all the way back then and in college it was completely exacerbated I mean so this addicted to perfect book that I just read right the, the girl had an Adderall addiction. I was mm. like, oh man, good thing I didn't know about Adderall because I would have tried that too. I tried everything. I mean, I ate boxes of laxatives. I stole diet pills, all of the unhealthy things. I went through anorexia and bulimia and blacking out and drinking too much. And I did get thin. I mean, that does work, <laughs> but I was very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um Really, you seem so healthy and vibrant now. Are you? Have you overcome all that pretty much? It's still a challenge mentally. I mean, I've had four mm-hmm. kids and up until my last one, me and my husband were crossfitting together and we were doing improv comedy and we were doing date night for like five years. And then at 39, I had an emergency C-section and then COVID hit and I've gotten out of the habit of exercising. I mean, I walk with the baby for 30 to 45 minutes a day, but that doesn't cut it at 41. Um <laughs> And I take vitamins and I eat healthy, you know, but I need to get back into an exercise routine and it bothers me daily. Like I literally every single day look in the mirror unhappy with, you know, where I'm at. Well, if I may, don't be unhappy with where you're at. Just schedule it and and imagine or visualize where you'd like to be. I, like when I was at UCLA and I was a triple threat, you know, professor and I was teaching and doing research and I had patients and and I had a son and I had, you know, I was a soccer mom and had dogs and a husband and all the whole thing, you know, and I said, okay, this is not working <laughs> because my body is not happy. And so I made an appointment with myself Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 o'clock, and I told all my secretaries I will not be available at, from between 8 and 9 o'clock on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I joined a dojo. And I subsequently, of course, became a black belt and became a black belt in 
samurai sword and I got in tip top shape and I've never not done that again. I've never not ex you know, had some sort of discipline. So you are very disciplined. You just need to make that appointment for you. Make that time for you. Yeah, I do need to. I will say over the last couple of weeks, my 13 year old has been working on his pull up. And so he and I kind of have like a little bit of a competition thing going on where we right. can hold ourselves above the bar longer. And what's interesting is you do have muscle memory because I was doing that two years ago. And now just over the last couple of weeks, like the time I can hold myself over the bar has increased. And a week ago, I couldn't even jump to one. So yeah. there's hope for me long. yet. <laughs> oh, for sure. And it doesn't take long. And I can see, like I said, the vibrance in you, the health in you, and it's not far away. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it can it can get hard sometimes because I I definitely feel like I I was wanting to be perfect too, you know, wanting to be a success in my parents' eyes, wanting to be thin, wanting to be the favorite child. Um which I am, <laughs> but <laughs> have you ever heard the saying, everything is perfect? Just Ooh, the way. No, but that is good. Yeah. You are perfect. Thank you. That's so sweet. You know, part of why I wanted to do this podcast was talking to other people that, you know, I might be able to gain some knowledge from and see how they worked things out. And, and, what motivates them, what gets them up in the morning, what they're passionate about. This podcast has been everything for me. It's, it's given me confidence. It's made mm. me so much more comfortable in having conversations like this. Nice. Well, you can call me anytime. <laughs> I am so jealous of what your skin looks like. How do you do that? Every time I talk to you, I'm like, your skin is flawless. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I, I'm a vegan. I I do Pilates twice a week. I mm. I do weightlifting twice a week, and I ride my horse a couple times a week. So, and I I don't know. I have a good attitude about most things. You know, I mean, it's just when it, something doesn't work out, I go okay, let it go. Let's let's just keep moving here, and it'll work out when it's time. And I don't I love let that. Yeah, I don't let things take me out you know it's just that's so important i yeah. uh i saw my grandmother yesterday and she went through chemo over the last year and she's always so put together and beautiful you would never even know it <sighs> and i said to her how do you keep a marriage together 60 plus years and she's like oh, i still don't know she was like but it's about compromise. It's about letting the other person get what they want. I was like, oh my gosh, still? <laughs> like, yeah, but, always. Really yeah. a beautiful I, thing to say though. Yeah. She's I have so, an up, upcoming podcast on a, uh, well, a gentleman, but it's really about his mother. We called her Mamie. And I was lucky enough to be introduced to her a few times during his, her life. And she, it's called A Hundred Years from Mississippi. And it's, it's a documentary that's won every award you can think of. And watch for it because that's going to be a really good podcast. But she's passed now, but she was 103. And I remember I used to ask her, Baby, how do you do it? You look so beautiful. You're, you're, you know, you're 103. She says, uh, watch is where I put my feet. <laughs> and I'm very careful about what I eat and what I think. So, Ooh. yeah. That is so good. Mm -hmm. It's really true. You have to be mindful of your thoughts. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's not what you're eating. It's what's eating you. <laughs> oh, my God. That could not be more true for me. You know, I've started reading before I go to sleep at night. It changes everything. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, I've been reading so much. I literally can read like a book in two days now. Oh my goodness. I hope it's a positive book before you go to sleep. <laughs> I know, I know. That Addicted to Adderall brought up so much for me. Oh my God. Addicted you to You know perfect, why they named it Adderall? Why? ADD for all. 
oh my God, that's true. Right. Because it's for ADHD and ADD, right? Right. And she wasn't even using it for that. Do you no. know people who have had that problem? Mm-hmm. Yes, I've worked in addiction uh, quite a bit. Mm. And it's it's very addictive because, you know, it makes you feel good, but then it it depletes your own feel-good neurotransmitters to the point where you don't feel good anymore unless you take it. She got so addicted. It started with 20 milligrams and she was all the way up to 360. Oh she my had, goodness. That's not even, that's out, out of limits. I mean, I've never even heard of that. Right. Like she could have had a heart attack. She was definitely having to doctor shop and pharmacy shop. I can't, and, I can't see any doctor giving that to her even. It, At that it's point, you, you, you say, let's, let's. She had to check herself in. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. But let's go to rehab. What she loved about it was that the weight fell off. Mm -hmm. I mean, she said her metabolism. Probably she was young too, but her metabolism um, was off well, the charts. It's an appetite suppressant, so they just don't eat as mm. much. But that can actually lead to less health if you don't eat. You know, you got to eat to be healthy. So. Yeah. Have you ever felt any pressure living in LA, like to be thin or to be young looking, or are you just wanting to be balanced? Um, I mean, I guess as women, we all feel some pressure about that, but look, I'm almost 70 years old and I, I'm kind of proud that I'm doing pretty well. So I'm, I really, it's not a, a thing for me so much, you know, it's, 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 I'm proud to be around. I'm proud to be alive and I'm proud to be active and healthy. So I want that to be my mindset too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really healthy. You know, I have wrinkles. I'm going to get more. I know that. And it's just, you know, it's part of life. It's gravity. <laughs> Barely. Yeah, you have amazing skin. I also love that about my grandmother. Like her skin is so amazing. I think it's honestly from what she eats. She's some of it is genetic, but you know, she's eaten a Mediterranean diet and drinks a lot of water. I have mm -hmm. been trying to drink a gallon of water a day. I do think that that's good for my skin and my yeah, cognition very, and all. Actually, of those half your weight in water in ounces a day is what you should. You can drink too much water. Really? What mm -hmm. does that do? It dilutes your your concentration. You know, like if you drink too much water, you can dilute your concentrating ability in your kidneys. Whoa. But you look great. You know, I, I think you're doing fine. I mean, I don't think I'm drinking too much, but I probably wasn't drinking enough for many years. Right. And it takes a while to catch up. People think, oh, I can just drink a lot of water this day and I'll be fine. But no, you, it takes, it can take months to rehydrate yourself intracellularly. Interesting. Like, mm -hmm. I'm definitely working on that. Okay. Tell me about some of these collective consciousness groups that I might be able to tap into because I crave mm -hmm. that. Oh yeah. Well, we, you know, there's a place, have you heard of, um, sounding? You're not heard of sounding. There's mm -hmm. a pyramid in the desert where they do sounding. And this is something you and your husband could do together. It's really amazing. Or, Sometimes they play crystal bowls in there, but you you just go in and they, they play the music and or the or the vibration or the crystal bowls, and it takes you to a higher vibration. So that might be something you want to try. Yeah, I'm up for suggestions. I'm going to mm -hmm. have to um, pick your brain on some of that. Yeah, when I and if you put one together, I I might come out for that. That would be nice. Do you think that you're going to do any in-person ones? Yeah, I'm going to start Dream Circle again. That would be amazing, especially now that I have my baby sleeping through the night in a crib. Hmm. 
you need your husband because you need to come out and join the women's circle for a couple hours and then we we do it and we I would love it yeah every woman presents her dream and then every woman will respond to that woman's dream and you know what you think about your dream but when like a group of women tells you what they feel it's not a psychological group about your dream it's it's a, it's like a raw gemstone becomes perfectly refracted and polished and it, you learn something about yourself you didn't know before i would love that that sounds so cool it is it's very cool it's actually the teachings come originally from the yaki people yaki women so it's it's a real thing yeah Beautiful. i would definitely be interested in that okay i'll let you know yeah my kids are going to be at summer camp pretty much all of june to july do you think you might be doing one in there i will work that out <laughs> yeah we need to get started again so yeah let me know how i can help okay so so rena leave us with some words of wisdom maybe things you've learned from your podcast how people can find your podcast and um, you know get in touch with you if they if you want them to okay so words of wisdom i would say listen to that voice inside yourself that gives you an idea something creative these little sparks that are inside you and go with them try them you are getting those messages for a reason keep a notebook with you where you can write them down cuz they're fleeting and they go really fast but no one else is getting those messages and and they can go away if they're not tapped into so that is my words of wisdom that is what i have been doing i just keep trying things beautiful and see the cosmic consciousness is already talking to you but it's there for everyone you're just listening I really try to because I don't want that voice to go away. Well, as long as you're listening, it won't go away. <laughs> yeah, so where people can find the show, bettercalldaddy.com or anywhere where podcasts are heard, Better Call Daddy on YouTube and where you can connect with me, Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn or Instagram. Okay. Thank you. It oh, was thank so you. wonderful connecting with you. And I feel like we reached a new spiritual level on this episode. I know. We have to keep talking. Okay. All right. I love you very much. And oh, we'll, you're we'll, so we'll, great. We'll stay in touch. Okay. Stay in touch. I want to come to one of those women events. I'm uh, dragging my husband to do it. Okay. I'm going to let you know. Okay. He wants to meet you too. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. He told me. But the, the, those events are, for, are just for women, though. Okay. He can bring the baby <laughs> can, and say hi after. Okay. We can do another thing that involves men. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye, honey. Bye. Have a beautiful night. Oh, you too. Bye. I'm Dr. Gail Randall, creator and host of Soul Stories. I just want to thank you for listening to my podcast. I recently got a notification from the international podcast people, and I was astounded that so many countries are listening to my podcast in the category of alternative health. So thank you, and please continue to listen. I especially want to thank Egypt, Croatia, Japan, and Switzerland also France and Ireland, because my numbers were quite high there. So keep up the good work and check out my Instagram at Dr. Gail Randall, and particularly check out my Instagram TV, where you can hear me talking about alternative medicine subjects and also see me. It's a very good show, and I think you'll like the subjects. It's on 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time every Friday, but it's recorded there, so you can find it there anytime you look. Okay, thanks again. I love you guys. This is Dr. Gail Randall from Soul Stories, an author of Soul Doctoring 
Heal yourself, heal the planet. I want to thank Saltology, our sponsor at bathsalt.com, which fits perfectly into my medicine bag as, as it, like me, calls upon the ancient wisdom and modern technology to heal, especially with the stresses and ills of our modern times. The Bokak brand uses organic salts combined with organic essential oils sourced from ancient Egypt to provide a perfect remedy for your bathing ritual and healing from modern stresses. The Relief RX brand is a unique one-of-a-kind healing salt that uses organic CBD treated with a unique emulsification process to create nanoparticles which easily enter the skin to most effectively heal and relieve aching muscles and joints. Whether from chronic inflammation or just a rough workout, this is the perfect healing bath, especially when you add the organic essential oils of neroli, lavender, eucalyptus, or grapefruit. Your body, mind, and soul will be lifted and soothed like never before. Go now to bathsalt.com. I also want to give special thanks to Larry Antonino and Agora Borealis Recording Studio for music and score and also to closetotheearth.com for IT and computer assistance. <laughs>